being colored. Vishada. Bright. Ruchira. Very pleasing. Shichira. Cool. Smita. Smita. Smile. Avalokena. Vayuklam. Vigalita. Melted with compassion. Madhurat Mukha Rasa. The very sweet words from your mouth. Amruta Kalaya. The drops of nectar. Cha and Antaha. Within the pores of our hearts. Sapam. The great pain. Anagha. Hosting pure. Arkasi. You deserve. Shamayitam, to curve, translation and curve code by this mind base, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shilapatma. O Supreme Protector, O Grandfather, O Supreme Pure, O Lord, we are all surrendered souls at your lotus feet. Indeed, our minds are bound to your lotus feet in immediately, sorry, in meditation by the saints of love. Now please manifest your incarnation. Accepting us as your own eternal servants and devotees, be pleased with us and sympathetic towards us. By your love-filled glance, with its cool and pleasing smile of sympathy, and by the sweet nectarian words emanating from your beautiful face, free us from the anxiety caused by this Ritrasura, who always changes the course of our hearts. Purport. Lord Brahma is considered the father of the demigods, but Krishna or Lord Vishnu is the father of Brahma because Brahma took birth from the lotus flower growing from the Lord's abdomen. Umakyana Tumirandasya, Janam Janam Shalakaya, Chakshur Ungalitam Yeram, Tasmai Shri Guravena, Sri Chaitanya Mahomitam, Tapitam Yeram Shale, Vayam Rupa Kadamayam Kadati Smartadamitam. Pandeham Shri Guru Shri Tarakamala Shri Guru Vaishnavam Shara Shri Yupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragnatham Vitam Tham Sajeevam Sadvaitam Sabarutam Haridana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Deva Shri Radha Krishna Pada Sahagana Jalita Shri Vishatam Vitam Shara Ke Krishna Karna Sindhu Dinavato Jagatate Gopesha Gopika Tantarata Tantaramusthade Tantakamshana Gautangi Rade Vrindavaneshwade Vrishnabhavamusthade Jaiti Pranamani Haripriye Panchabhaktatakubhyasya Pasindhukya Devacha Abhidhamitam Abhidhyo Vrishnabhyo Namonamaha Jai Sri Krishna Jai Tanya Kaburitya Mandara Shigandari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare
with any other offering, prayers to the Lord after he has given his darshan, that shall be offered. Prayers to the Lord during the morning program. We sing the Govinda Mahavishnu songs. We offer that as a prayer, it's not a good prayer. So here, the, the Lord is addressed as the Supreme Father or Father, Supreme Lord. Here the specific focus is relieving the pain from the heart. And that is going to be done by various methods. First method is a drop of sweet, juicy nectar flowing from your mouth. That's the first aspect. Then the second is the smiling glance, which is soothing. Hasam, Hare, Pavanata, Akhila Loka, Tibra, Sokashu, Sagara, Vishoshan, Akhidara, Sammohanaya, Rachitam, Nijamaya, Jesse, Guru Mandalam, Manikrite, Magaratva, Jesse. In the um, limb by limb meditation of the Lord, which is advocated when Lord Kapila is describing this process of um, meditation on the bodily parts of the Lord. So he describes Hare, Havanata, Kiloloka, Tibra. The smile of the Lord, Hasam, Hare, Havanata, Kiloloka, Tibra. So the whole world is burning in three four miseries. That is put out by the um, smile of the Lord. Sokarsu Sagara Vishoshan Atkidana. So the meditation begins from the feet of the Lord, then the thighs. So the feet itself, one is advised to meditate on the feet of the Lord for a long time till he till the darkness in the heart is removed. Because the marks on the feet of the Lord are so auspicious that they drive away this darkness. Sanchintaye Bhagavadas Charnaravindam Vajrankusat Vajat Svaravurha Plamsanantam Uttunga Rakta Grasan Nakatakra Valam Joshnavi Arata Mahat Hridayandaka Sanchintaye Bhagavadas So one must meditate on the feet of the Lord. What does the feet of the Lord contain? Vajra Angusat Vajat Svaravurha All the auspicious marks. And the Vajra in that is Smashing the Dunga, so smashes the ignorance in the heart of the devotee and um, the light emanating from the feet of the Lord also diminishes or eradicates the darkness in the heart. Hriday Andakara. Like that, the different limbs of the body one has to meditate. And I found that very closely matching. So what the idea of the praying, um, where he's addressed as the uh, grandfather, 
father and father by the by your feet, by meditation on that, then by the um, nectar flowing from your mouth and compassionate glances, which is soothing, pure and pleasing. And uh, <coughs> the next aspect they are trying to focus is um, the compassionate glance. So the demigods are requesting the Lord to cast his compassionate glance on them. Because if you are the Supreme Father of the Father, you are the Supreme Lord, um, we, are our, we are your children, so please help us by relieving the distress caused in our hearts. Because of whom? Because of uh, the demon, the Trasha. Mother Kunti also prays to the Lord, offering prayers, and she also lists the pains that the Pandavas went through. Vishanahatme Purushala Darshanat Asat Sabhaya Vanavasa Kuchatahana Videvridene Kamaharata Shrito <coughs> so she starts to list the um, atrocities that the Pandavas went through. So initially, Bhima was, um, um, they tried to kill Bhima by putting poison to him. Um, then the, um, the palace, uh, they were asked to go to a palace, which was made with uh, an inflammable, inflammable material, I think it was wax or something, and that was set on fire. Vishan Mahagne, Purushara Darshana. Then they were attacked by various uh, within the forest, they faced many challenges in living. Then uh, the peak of all of that is the disrobing of Draupadi, Asat Sabhaya, Vanavasa Trishtataha. And in the war, it's not that you kill one person and then the war finishes. No. And these people are not, that those who are on the other side, fighting against the Pandavas, they are not ordinary people. They are, some have, like the expressive Vishnu Dev has, he no one can kill If he decides he, then he can. So that's why they, the Pandavas have to go to Vishnu and ask, how can we kill you? What's the method? This is unstoppable. Then, Vishma is gone, okay, relax, no, Drona. Unless he puts his weapon down, no one can defeat him. Again, Rudev, Rudev, Maharatashara. So, 
then comes karma, all of that. So again and again, again and again. Now this Ashwatthama finally, I thought everything is over, then the, he aimed the Brahmastra towards Mother Yogara. That's when um, she comes running to the Lord. Pahi Pahi Mahayogin Deva Deva Yagastate Namyaktva Abhayokarse Yatra Mrityu Tarasparam If you don't save me, death is certain for me. Pahi Pahi, protect me, please protect me. If I were to die, it's okay, but please protect the child within my home. So she asks for protection. So in all those circumstances, Krishna steps in, protects. Krishna steps in and protects. Krishna stepping in and protecting. So each time he comes, steps in and protects. What is the advantage? Is they are taking this darshan. So that's why next prayer she says Vipata Santuta Shashwati Tatra Tatra Jagatkuri Bhavato Darshanam Tetsya Apuna Bhavat Darshanam She listed all the dangers every time Krishna steps in and protects, elevates. So that's the theme of this um, candle, which is portion. Uh, protection by the Lord. So every time the Lord intervenes and protects, they are able to take the association of the Lord, they are able to see the Lord, His smiling glance, His um, smile, His lotus feet, His beautiful form, and that's how Mother Kunti begins the prayer by describing the beautiful form of the Lord. So everything about the Lord is related to lotus. Lotus. Your feet is like lotus, your eyes are like lotus petals. Uh, your navel, all of that. Even Lord Shiva, when describing the beauty of the Lord, he will also describe the abdomen of the Lord from which the universe comes out. The universe will think, oh, the abdomen is so beautiful, now I want to go back and do it again. And that's where you see, from that abdomen only comes the lotus flower, and from that only Brahma is born. So every time a danger comes, Krishna steps in. Another danger comes, Krishna steps in. And then he is constantly giving his protection to the Pandavas. Now that the dangers are over, Krishna wants to leave the Pandavas. So Mother Kunti is praying, let there be more dangers, so that we can see Bhavato Darshanam Because seeing you means you no longer see repeated birth and death. Then she List the qualification of those who can call out to the Lord without any reservation. Janmaishwarya Chutashri Dhe Ketama Matakuma Naivadha Abhidhamumbai Vam Kinchana Chutra So those who 
can call up to the Lord with feeling of those who don't have high birth, Janma, Aishwarya, wealth, Shruta, intelligence, Shri. <coughs> All these, if a person doesn't have his akinchan, and such a person, by his devotion, he can buy you. And he can call out to you with feeling, without asking anything from you. Swam Akinchana Gojana. So this mood of Mother Kunti is uh, totally in contrast with the mood of the demigods, the way in which they are praying. So every time the pain in the heart of the Pandavas increase, they call out to the Lord and they ask for uh, protection. But there was no selfish interest in that. But here we can see the demigods going through the pain in their heart and now they are seeing the Lord, they are praising Him. They offered a set of prayers before the Lord appeared, now the Lord has appeared. They are uh, praising the Lord in various ways. In more detail, when they actually saw the Lord. And now here, um, they are describing the beauty of the Lord, but at the same time, as we saw in yesterday's verse that spoken before, so they came to the point of, okay, all this glorification is there, but we are not without selfish motives. But they added one important line yesterday saying, if you so desire, Yadi Mamiya said, if you think it proper to kill the great demon Pritrasura, by that remove the um, pain in our heart. So we are pain in the core of our heart because of the uh, atrocities of demons Rutrasura. Therefore, you kill him and then give us the, um, what we want. We want to continue enjoying our material opulence, wealth and all of that. And that's our motive. In fact, we are in one sense, we are ashamed of asking you for this favor because demigods also know that it is prayer with motivation. It is not pure because they also describe in the previous set of prayers the highest nature of the devotees who do not ask anything from the Lord and who purify the three worlds because of their purity. So yesterday's Purpo talked about the um, demigods being Sakama Bhakta. So how do Sakama devotees become purified? Is by um, their contact with the Lord. So if we step back and analyze how did the demigods get to this position, they themselves are describing in Canto 5, 19th chapter that they are saying that they have executed a lot of ritualistic activities when they were in this 
in the process of ritual their faith that I can go and enjoy. So that is being shaken by all of these um, setbacks, potential dangers. And when they don't have anywhere else to go to, they come back to the senses. We are not independent controllers, we are not independent enjoyers, although we may think like that. So their mentality of lording it over or being uh, having that Ishura Bhav, the Lord knows their tendencies and He delegates them. Okay, you have this tendency, this is the service that you can do, do and become purified. So this is the Lord expertly engaging a person according to his nature and getting his administrative work also done, simultaneously purifying them. So we see that in the case of Prajapati Daksha, he wants to create progeny. The Lord also has a desire that population has to increase. So then there is a match between, uh, in typical corporate terms, the candidates' uh, aspirations and the company's vision, mission, goal, all of that. So there is a match. So the Lord said, okay, you have a desire. Let's uh, get into a what is that? Contract here. And here's the contract. Go for it. Like that the Lord knows that certain living entities have this tendency to log over and they've done those ritualistic sacrifices and go ahead and administer, enjoy, um, get those propensities uh, used in the service and then become good. So when they're enjoying the heaven, that's when they're enjoying the uh, punya. And when it is over, they have to come down again. Shri and Punya, Mati Loka, And that's when they take the path of rain, all of that sequence which is described in the Gita. And they rain, rain, all of that. So then again they take birth. So the whole principle of the Lord purifying the demigods, shaking their faith in material enjoyment, and when they are in a position to listen and they become sober, then he's going to give instructions. Because we cannot instruct a person who is steeped in Janma, Aishwarya, Shuta, all of that. When all of that is taken away, it's put in danger. So then they come and surrender to the Lord, they ask and they pray. They are not seeing the Lord, um, then the purification is happening. Now, when I was going through this nature of the prayers of the demigods, how they are praying to harm another devotee. Because the Trasura is a devotee of the Lord, because the Lord Himself says, he is my devotee. He is not harmless. In one sense, you can say the Trasura is like a, in corporate terms, he is a Vishnu certified demon. He is a demon, but he is certified by Vishnu that he is my devotee. He carries that. I am a devotee of the Lord, but I am the body of the demon. You see many instances like Mahajan, like Talat Maharaj, body of the demon. The consequence of 
devotee. So the Lord says that he is my devotee. Unfortunately, the demigods are not able to see the exalted position and they are praying to the Lord to kill him. So a classic clash between the devotees. One, both are devotees of the Lord. And you see the prayers of these devotees, we can understand uh, their position where they are. So if a devotee is praying to the Lord, he is worshipping the deity, he is following the rules and regulations, but he wants to harm another devotee and he is praying for that, then that is not considered as a pure devotion. It is considered as mixed devotion. That means specifically Lord Kapila described in 29 chapter of the third canto, the mix due to the modes and how a practitioner can be in the modes. So if you are praying to the Lord, doing all those uh, rituals and trying to please the Lord with the intention to harm another devotee, out of your envy, out of your hatred. And that is said to be bhakti covered by the mode of the practitioner of the bhakti is covered by the mode of ignorance. So, Lord Kapila describes that such a devotee, he worships the Lord, he has anger, he has intentions of violence, he is covered by pride, his heart is full of hatred, he lacks compassion. These are the qualities of a practitioner practicing bhakti in the mode of ignorance. So, as for my understanding, at least in this situation, the demigods, their bhakti seems to be the mode of ignorance and passion. So, let's see how Lord Kapila describes a person in the mode of passion worshipping the Lord. So, a person in the mode of passion worships the Lord, that's bhakti. He asks, for name, fame, wealth, all of them, and desire for other objects. So, the contamination through the modes affects the practitioner, and there uh, bhakti is being implicated by all of this. Bhakti in itself is beyond all the modes, but the practitioner comes under the modes and then his intention, which is supposed to only please the Lord, becomes uh, covered, abhutam, covered by all of this. Now what can we um, learn from this particular mentality of the demigods trying to pray to the Lord with selfish motives, with anger, hatred, envy towards another devotee whom they don't know as a devotee. I don't, I'm not sure, as for my understanding, I'm not sure if the demigods understand the position of Vitrasura as a devotee or not. If they, I'm assuming they know he's a devotee and they still want to kill him, then we need to learn a lesson from the fact that we need to know what we are asking the Lord for. Whether it is going to benefit us or harm us, because by harming another devotee, you again want to become implicated. Um, so, it is 
better for us as a sadhakas to reflect um, the nature of our prayers, what are we praying for, and if, if these um, mix comes, mixed by the modes of ignorance or passion, or even, even by goodness, how do we identify it is by understanding the characteristics of the bhakti of a practitioner in the mode of ignorance, practitioner in the mode of passion, and practitioner in the mode of goodness. By knowledge of that, one will, one will be able to reflect on what am I praying for, what is the implication of it. Because the demigods, when in the Bharat Varsha, they pray for heaven, thinking that heaven is going to be uh, heaven. But heaven is not actually heaven. So, they have now they are praying for demigods, they are praying for killing of another devotee. So what's my motive? How I need to constantly check. Now here is where the distinction lies in terms of what should we ask the Lord to remove, what should we ask the Lord to fulfill. So desires as such, if we take a close look, they can be born from um, our own nature, Swabhava. Or another option is desires which are born from your uh, what you value, which you call as a value system. So if we analyze them, desires born out of Swabhava, desires born out of value system. The value system teaches you this is good, this is bad, and do this, don't do this. Even for to live as a human, there are certain do's and don'ts which Manu Samhita gives. As far as bhakti, there are certain items which are favorable, which are not favorable. And within your swabhava also, uh, as Krishna describes, Brahma Karma Swabhavatam, Vaisya Karma Swabhavatam, he's talking about the innate qualities that you are born with, which is based on your previous activities and you have acquired a certain kind of Purana and you are acting in a certain way. Even from there, you have a certain set of desires which are conducive for bhakti, which are not conducive for bhakti. So to pray to the Lord, a mixed devotee will pray to the Lord to fulfill his anathas. Because killing, a, killing another devotee or asking for name and fame is so as practicing sadhakas, we should not do that. We should pray to the Lord, identifying this is my shortcoming, this is something that I am praying to to get removed. And these are specifically termed as anarthas. So we should identify them as these are anarthas, and my dear Lord, I am ashamed to come in front of you and stand. Thank you for um, showing this to me as my own shortcoming. I am embarrassed to stand in front of you. Kindly help me to get this removed. Rather than asking for those desires to get fulfilled, which may eventually put you in a uh, bad situation. It's better to pray to the Lord to remove those anathas. 
and those desires which are favorable to the Lord, for example, you want to please the Guru by serving his mission, you want to uh, be very, very regular in your morning program, you want to be regular in your sadhana, you are having struggles. So they are all good desires, but you are having uh, challenges in fulfilling those desires which are pratikul. At that time, you ask the Lord to give you the strength to fulfill those desires. They are called as Abhilashas. In, even in those Abhilashas, there could be a mix of, okay, um, I want something out of that. So the mix could be due to uh, Jnana and Karma. So those are Yoga. Those are, even in Abhilashas, one has to be careful. So, um, and that's when here we see the demigods are in that category of Sakama Bhaktas. But unfortunately, in this instance, they seem to be praying to the Lord to fulfill their desire of killing a devotee who is in the body of a demon. So, this particular um, struggle which Sadaka goes through is nicely described. Uh, by Lord Krishna and Lord Kandu, where Sataka has awakened his faith in the Lord. His struggle is towards the process of bhakti, but he still has some material attachments. But the right mentality Krishna describes must be disgusted. But still, he is unable to give up those um, Acts of transgratification, but he sincerely repents for it. So, Krishna is teaching multiple things. He tells that this is the state that everyone has to go through. That when you are going through the process of purification, this is a tug of war or a struggle that a sadhaka goes through. You have faith in me, you are attracted to me, uh, you have faith in the process of bhakti, you are disgusted with material activities. At the same time, you are not able to give up sense gratification. So he says, His awakened is faith, his discussion with material activities. Understand, theoretically I know, Veda, Dukkha, Pakam, Kama, understand that sense gratification leads to misery. Still, Parityadi, Abhi, Anishwara, still unable to give up sense gratification. He sincerely repents that I forced my mind, Swabhava, to do this. So, in that section, it is uh, described, and in the Gita also Krishna describes that one shouldn't come under the force of uh, pushing from by one's Swabhava, but rather, um, one should control one's lower nature by not acting on those desires. Desires which are prompting you to go away from Krishna, which is based on your Prabhava. Uh, don't act on them. If I force you, act on them, repent for it and pray for the Lord to remove them rather than thank the Lord to fulfill them. So he says, finally in that section, Remain happy and worship me with great faith and conviction. 
So the action item for us is pray for the fulfillment of desires which will please the Lord. Pray for the removal of the obstacles and the anarthas which are taking you away from the Lord. So when you are going through this struggle, don't lose faith. And, and don't give up uh, the struggle because that struggle everyone has to go through. And here we typically see the demigods are going through that. They know this is temporary, they discuss it, but they're still not able to give up and they thank the Lord, but unfortunately they thank the Lord for the wrong purpose. And the Lord is in front of you. Um, they can ask for something better, and that's why the Lord will mind, mindly chastise them. So, as practicing Sadaka, we also have need to know what is mixed devotion and what is pure devotion. They are entirely incorrect. So, that requires education and uh, guidance. So, the final point is when you are going through the struggle, continue with enthusiasm and determination. And that's when I wanted to focus on the next aspect that is Anukampa is there by compassion. Sakte Anukampa, which Kokundi uh, covered nicely yesterday. So this Anukampa, this compassion the Lord shows to the devotee, even in the Gita, we have this Chaturshloki Gita. So rather this word Anukampa coming there. Tesham Evan Kanukamba. So the compact is for Tesha Evan Kampatam. Aham Ajnana Jamkamaha. Nashayami Atambhavasa. Nanati Pen Bhashakan. So the compassion the Lord is showing by removing the darkness in the heart. And it is the same compassion that the Lord and Lakhmaras appreciated that. You didn't even show this compassion. So putting your hand on my head, you didn't even do that for Lord Brahma or Lord Shiva or even to Mother Lakshmi, but you did that to me. So one has to um, be uh, enthusiastic and have the determination when you're going through the struggle. This struggle, as I was reading to um, His Holiness uh, Bhakti Tita Swami, his book, um, Spiritual Body, when you are going through the struggle, you may, or most, most of the devotees will go through the period where they face what is called as the dark night of the soul. The, the clash between one's own and Sobhava, the desires of one with their own Sobhava, which is pulling them away from Krishna, and then the desires which are there, which are taking you towards the Lord. So this struggle, uh, Maharaj describes this famous term, which is there in Christianity as the dark night of the soul. 
People are not giving any understanding. They may want to help you, but they may not know how to help you. Um, and you may face situations where some um, you may not, you may even be felt let down by people around you. And that's what the whole series of internal dialogue goes on. I have people, I am kind to people, I have a spiritual teacher. I'm doing all of this, nothing is working. So at that time, Maharaj asks to uh, persevere and not to be affected by the dualities. The second major thing he says by quoting some real life examples as to how firefighters and then the paramedics, he gives two examples, how they prepare and they anticipate these kind of testing periods. Firefighters, they know exactly when the siren goes, what to do. They uh, dress themselves properly, they come down, they catch a pole and then they come down and then they, they have a standard operating procedure. Maharaj is encouraging spiritual warriors who are going through the dark night of the soul by remembering the Anukampa, the compassion of the Lord. This is also a special form of compassion of the Lord. So he gives, Maharaj gives an example of you are holding on to few attachments which has to be taken away. So when things are taken away from you, understand that these are the attachments that you are trying to hold on to. Rather than resisting it, let go of the attachments so that you can raise to a higher platform. The Lord wants you to move to a higher platform of consciousness and for the grace to come, if you are holding on to certain things, if I am holding on to four things in my hand, if somebody wants to give something else, I can't receive it. So, Lord by His own compassion, He takes them away from your hands. And that's why Maharaj gives this principle of Akinchana. The Lord sometimes intervenes in our life to take everything away. Although we may not understand his reasons at that time, the Lord is actually clearing the path for something greater. We cannot receive his gifts unless we stop clinging to what we already have. We often need a divine push and let go. When this push comes, we may cry out in anguish, Oh God, I have nothing. But we must remember at these times that everything happens for a purpose. If God does not remove our old attachments, He may find our hands too full to receive the blessings He wishes to bestow. If God does not remove our old actions, He may find our hands too full to receive the blessings He wishes to bestow. This is something understanding and how to get that push and uh, live through that. This is where um, we need to take shelter of what Rupa Goswami says as like-minded, 
affectionate at once devotees. Is not. Uh, this is from you going through the period of dark night of the soul, and when you see others going through the dark night of the soul, and when they you see that they their actions may indicate that they fall from their position, as it may seem as if they may have fallen from their position. How do you view and how do you react and how do you help in those situations is described in the Gita itself. Where if a person, a sadhu, commits something very abominable, Krishna says that he is still sentient. Why is that? Because he is still continuing the process. There are two things a person committing abominable action and still continuing bhakti. And we have another person viewing this. How this particular Saintly person is something and being abominable, and how do you view? Krishna describes that you should still view him as a sadhu. Why is that? It's because this person is still continuing his bhakti. Eventually, by compassion, as other um, discorded words, Krishna removes the darkness and the ignorance. It is between him and Krishna the struggle that they are going through. Um, we as an observer, we may not understand the struggle that they are going through, but at least we shouldn't um, condemn them for their shortcomings. You still have to view them as saintly because you are a devotee, you must have faith in the process of devotional service. That the bhakti that he is doing is more powerful and that will overcome the shortcomings that he has. If you treat him and you label him as a non-sadhu or a, or a convict, then what you are doing is you are putting more faith in his anarthas, his shortcomings than the process of bhakti. So then therefore you are not a devotee. So that's why Krishna is it becomes righteous. The devotee who is undergoing the dark night of the soul and struggling and sometimes may fall but sticks to the process. He is righteous and when you see him as a saint and you have faith in the process of bhakti, thinking that the bhakti will overpower his anatta, then you also become righteous because you have faith in bhakti. That's when all this anukampa, that is compassion, uh, is, is required where one has a fellow devotee, you also show compassion to them. Uh, we may not have to uh, agree, or we may not have to replicate the wrong actions of the devotee saying that that's, that's the standard that I need to follow. We don't need to do that. If we are something abominable, we should think that's the standard I will start following it. No, not necessarily. Check the Guru Sadhu Shastra. If it is not, and we know this is how I should not behave uh, and correct ourselves. At the same time, he is continuing his bhakti, bhakti will uh, purify. So we have to take the um, bhakti. So, um, Bhakti Nitya describes that spiritual warriors need that kind of uh, vision 
towards others and they also need to understand and when you're going through the struggle of the spiritual body is need um, what you call what you say this um, reinforcement I'll read that section many spiritual bodies undergo a dark night of soul during which they question the whole conception of God some emerge with their faith intact although institutions they depended upon no longer exist or techniques they relied upon previously are simply not effective anymore. Many souls can be lost if not guided properly. Wounded soldiers must receive reinforcements. Wounded soldiers must receive reinforcement. So this is an angle that we can look at and we are trying to help other devotees when they are going through their that kind of the soul and they are going into the struggle we can help them and that's how we are taking in the mood of the Lord showing compassion I will finish there and see if there are any questions comments on what we discuss okay
um, if we are closing, keeping our eyes shut, we may not be able to see. How do you define taking shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord? Um, it is done through various ways by physically coming, taking darshan, then following his instructions, uh, which is through following the uh, surrendering through a proper disciple, proper representative of the Lord, and connecting to the Lord through him. So that's how you take shelter. Then you perform the uh, different items of emotions and That way you start taking shelter of the feet. So my point is there are various amendments which the Lord is giving you, whichever suits you, whichever is appealing to you. Um, there are various outlets, whichever you want to go to and go deep into it. Uh, it's, it's there. But if one doesn't want to take advantage of it, doesn't mean that the we can't say that you didn't give your mercy. I mean, that's my point. Like it's always there. So you take shelter through various emotional processes, um, through following the sexual tradition and all of that. Thank you. Can you share? Grandrats and Bhagavatam, Kijar, Shilaprabhupada, Kijar.